Any problems over there? Um, so we said last week, and um, if you remember, we proved through the scriptures that it is 100% God's will to heal 100% of the people 100% of the time. Amen. Amen. If you did not get that teaching or if you want to hear it again, you can find it on the website from their standpoint.com under bold identity, bold belief, healing school. And then you can also um, request to Bob in the back. Bob will be making CDs. Hopefully we'll get it done this week. If not, you know, give us two weeks because we're still kind of figuring that out, trying to move files from here to there and uh, making a CD for you to bring home, uh, put it on your computer or share it with somebody and there's not going to be a cost to you if you want to cover somebody's cost or if you feel like donating to Healing School, you're more than welcome to. But we are not going to charge for our Healing School CDs because no cost means no excuse, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. God is so good. So last week we were talking about God's will to heal. And this week we're going to start on that and uh, we'll see where God leads us. I have... Um, I just want to review this. We, we read in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is the express image of God the Father. Yes. He is exactly like the Father. Anything and everything that Jesus did, he only did it because the Father did it. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. I only say what I hear my Father say. So whatever the Father does, Jesus does likewise. And Jesus does nothing that the Father hasn't done. That means Jesus is an exact copy of exactly what the Father looks like, thinks like, feels like, moves like, does like. Whatever Jesus did, God did first. Amen. Amen. Jesus didn't do anything that God didn't do. Mm -hmm. So then how can we know the will of the Father is by looking at what Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ came in the flesh to show us the Father. In fact, he even says, if you've seen me, you've actually seen the Father, right? Yeah. So if we know the will of Jesus, then we can know the will of God the Father, and it doesn't have to be some mysterious thing, okay? People like to make God's will out to be some mysterious thing in the unknown that, oh, we can't know God's will. We can't understand God's ways. No, we can know his will, and we can know his ways, and we can be 100% sure of God's will, especially concerning healing, 100% of the time. Amen. 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 And then we looked at, and we saw that God was no respecter of persons, which means what he does for one person, he'll do for any person. Mm -hmm. And that's good news, because Jesus went around Amen. healing, and he healed them all. And if he'd do it once, he'd do it again. Amen. And we saw that Jesus went from every city, every town, every village, right? And he healed all that were sick of every sickness and of every disease. Amen. And he took care of all of it in every town and every city. And we asked you, where are the unlucky ones? There weren't any. Where are the ones that didn't get healed? There weren't any. He went to all cities, all villages that healed every sickness and every disease. And that includes Karis Christian Church, 
and that includes you and in your house and in Mesa, Arizona and Apache Junction and Chandler and Gilbert and Scottsdale and Cave Creek and Carefree and Waddell, wherever you are, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in, Jesus Christ will come, he has come, and has provided healing for every person, for every sickness, for every disease, for all time. Amen. So there's nothing that's excluded from this, which is good news. Amen. And we asked the question about, you know, what about those people who had unforgiveness, right? We asked that question, and we answered that question. In, when Jesus walked the earth and he healed them all, he healed a multitude of sinners because nobody was able to be saved yet. Right. So everybody in the multitude, in every city, in every village, in every town was not saved. That's important. Right. We can't get a hundred Christians together without somebody having unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. I'm not prophesying, I'm just telling the reality of it, right? You can't get multitudes of sinners together without somebody having unforgiveness or hidden sin or somebody sick because they brought it on themselves. And if Jesus Christ healed them all, that absolutely destroys every reason why somebody would not be healed. Amen. There's no reason why somebody cannot or should not be healed okay. according to the will of God. There's no excuse, right? Now, if I were to tell you, and I, this is very telling, but I'll say this anyway. If I were to tell you that today, Jesus Christ told me today that everybody in here is going to receive healing except for one person. Do you know you would disqualify yourself? Most people would say, I'm the one that's not going to be healed. Or my loved one is the one that it won't work for. Which is why Jesus Christ went to every city, every village, healing all manner of sickness and every disease among all of the people. Amen. All, 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 so that you stop disqualifying yourself and stop disqualifying your loved one. And I know people will, well-meaning people will come and tell you, you got to jump through these three hoops in order for healing to happen. And, uh, you know, I've seen it before, and I'll see it again, and they'll say that to you. And, you know, all of these things are traditions of man that make the power of God of none effect. Amen. You can literally take the whole power of God and stop it in its tracks by saying, it's not by grace, it's by my works. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tradition of man. If you feel like you have to do something, jump through some sort of a hoop in order for God to heal you, you've got a tradition of man going on. And you know, if you stick around me long enough, I will offend you. I will. I will step on your toes. I will rip up those sacred cows. We will make hamburgers of them. I will mess with your belief system. And here's why. I believe the Bible. Amen. I believe God. Amen. And any thought that you have that's against the Bible or against God and any good teaching that you have that you've had for years, any pet doctrine that you have that you want to hold on to, I'm going to tell you, you stick around me long enough and it's in danger. Amen. Yep. It is in danger. Every sickness is in danger. Every disease is in danger. Every tradition of man is in danger because I'm not coming to give you something that Jesus didn't already give you. I'm coming to take away everything from you that doesn't look like Jesus. Amen. I want it all and I want it now. Amen. Right? Amen. 
I am here to take everything away from you that doesn't look like, yes, I'm healed, 100%. Walking in health, walking in prosperity, walking in new life, operating in the kingdom of God. I mean, we're just going to take everything away from you and leave nothing but Jesus. And that's good news. Because in this life, we pick up a lot of things. Okay, so let me see where... I want to establish a couple of points. Um, um, one point that I want to establish with you over the course of healing school is that divine healing is the right and the responsibility of every born-again believer. Amen. It's your right. Yes. You have every right to be healed, and it's your responsibility of every born-again believer to help other people become healed. It's your right and it's your responsibility. Yes. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. Is healing and being saved the same? Or is there uh, a big difference? Well, are Christians sick? Yes. Yeah. So you can be saved and sick, but at salvation, the word salvation comes from the word sozo, and your salvation includes divine healing. In fact, if we told people the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll be saved with eternal life, which we tell people and they believe. But if we told them Jesus Christ paid for your physical sickness, they'd be healed as well. In that moment, they would be healed. Amen. But people have separated that in the church over time to make excuses as to why it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. The only so, reason I guess that I've seen a movie where Jesus was in the crowd and there was a soldier, centurion, mm -hmm. and his servant was being sick and he seen Jesus and he asked if he could help. And Jesus said, I'll come to your house. And the centurion said, no, your word is good enough. Mm -hmm. And yep. then the guards, the master came and said, your son's been saved. Oh, yeah, person. And then he just looked at Jesus, the other guy. And I used to think that was made for the movie, mm -hmm. just for the movies. But now... It's actually in the Word. word. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. 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 Praise God. So, yes. Okay, so divine healing is the right and responsibility of every born-again believer. Any hindrance to healing, this is a, another point I want to establish with you, any hindrance to healing is not from God. Amen. Right. He's yeah. never withholding. Amen. He's never slow. He's never late. He's never withholding. God will not, God is not telling you, I will heal you in six months. God is telling you, I have already healed you. That's what he's saying. Amen. Any um, hindrance from healing is not from God. God's Amen. not stopping you from ministering healing either. Amen. Mm -hmm. Any hindrance to you ministering healing to someone is not from God. Amen. Any hindrance to you praying for the sick, laying hands Amen. on the sick, is not from God. Amen. That's important. Jesus Christ sent other believers out, and he sent them out to heal the sick, mm -hmm. and he's sending us out today to heal the sick. Amen. God doesn't change. So God is not our problem. He is our help. He's never our problem. He's always our help. Amen. So if you're trying to believe God for healing, we've got to remember this and establish this. God is not the problem. Mm -hmm. 
God is not withholding. He's not holding back. He's our help. And when we establish that, instead of running away from God because things aren't working out right, we'll actually run towards God. Because the enemy wants you to run away from God when things aren't working, when you're not seeing a manifestation, when, when a heartache comes, when you just can't take it anymore because you're believing God and nothing's happening. The enemy wants you to run away from God. Because if you go away from God, then he can get you where he wants you and sickness and disease can progress and manifest and all that kind of stuff. And he's, I mean, make no mistake, John 10, 10 says that the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Amen. That's the only reason he's come. Amen. Jesus Christ has come that we can have life and life more abundantly. Amen. Jesus Christ did not come to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. And if you study Jesus Christ out through the New Testament and everything that he did, walking on this earth. You will never see him killing. You will never see him stealing. You will never see him destroying. Amen. In fact, you'll even see Jesus paying his taxes. Come on. Amen. You know, Jesus is a law-abiding citizen. Amen. You'll never see him killing. You'll never see him stealing. And you'll never see him destroying. That's the work of the enemy. Amen. Amen. We've got to remember that. Any hindrance to healing is from the enemy, and it's on the enemy's part. Any sickness or disease can be overcome by any believer. Amen. Any sickness or disease can be, can be overcome by any believer if they exercise faith and power. Any sickness, any disease can be overcome by any believer if they exercise faith and power. And that's good news. Amen. Every sickness, every disease. Hallelujah. Amen. The enemy is not a serious hindrance and can be overcome by any Christian using the tools given by God, the tools and weapons given by God. The enemy is not a serious hindrance. Right. He's not hard. Can you write it down? No, I need to ask a question. By faith and what's power? We'll talk about that. Okay. We'll answer that. That's why I said write it down. Write down what is power. If you write that down now, when God answers that question, leave space for that answer. And you can write down this also. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. And that will help you with that, okay? So any believer can overcome any sickness or any disease if they exercise faith and power. Um, the enemy is not a hindrance. The enemy can only truly be defeated by spiritual weapons, not by carnal weapons. And uh, what do I mean by that? Okay, so last week I said there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. And I'll tell you that again. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. Amen. Sometimes you need... Uh, medicine, sometimes you need surgery, etc., etc. Whatever you need, if you feel in your heart you need it, you go get it and believe God for it. Amen. But I have to tell you, doctors cannot cure you. Amen. Doctors can lessen the symptoms and they can get your body in a state where your body will heal itself because the creator of the universe made our bodies to heal themselves Amen. because God's will is healing. So if your body isn't in a state right now where it's going to heal itself, 
and where the power, you know, where the natural healing can come through, you might need a little help getting to that state, but that's okay. God created our bodies to heal themselves, Amen. and doctors, although they can help you, and they can keep you alive long enough to receive healing, they cannot cure you. Amen. And we have to remember that. The, the enemy, I mean, even doctors can help remove cancers and, and kill cancer cells and all that, but they always say this, there's no guarantee that it's not coming back. But Jesus Christ says in Nahum 1.9, this affliction shall not rise up a second time. And remember, whatever God does for one person, he'll do for any person all the time. Amen. He's no respecter of persons. Amen. Amen. So we're just kind of establishing some stuff, and I'll go into more of these over time. Um, Christians and non-Christians without faith can be healed when Christians exercise authority. This is a, a big question a lot of people have, but Christians and non-Christians can be healed when Christians exercise authority, without, even if they don't have any faith. How do I know? People come back from the dead and dead men don't have faith. If you can raise someone from the dead, they have absolutely no faith. They're not standing there in faith laying there in faith, waiting for you to heal them. I'm believing God for somebody to come and raise me from the dead. That is not what they're doing. They are dead. They are it, gone. They're not right. there. And somebody comes along and says, live in Jesus' name. And boom, they rise up like that. They have zero faith. That's the biggest healing. A resurrection from the dead, I believe, is the biggest healing. The hardest one, if you will, even though they're all the same. Yeah. It's the hardest one, and it had zero faith on the part of the person receiving. You have it, but it had but the person that was exercising their authority is the one that spoke, and that's when it happened. So all sickness and disease is a work of the enemy and must be defeated whenever and wherever. The remedy is always the same, whether it's a headache, whether it's HIV whether it's cancer, whether it's dementia, whether it's somebody dying early, whatever it is, the remedy is always the same, and that remedy is Jesus Christ. Amen. By his stripes, you were healed. Amen. And if you were healed, you are healed. The remedy is always the same. It's always the word, and it always works. Amen. Amen. So we need to learn to hate sickness and disease. We need to learn to, in fact, the scriptures say, abhor that which is evil. Amen. Hate that which is evil. We've got to get to a point where we hate sickness Amen. and we hate disease so much so that we will not allow it to stay. Amen. Because what, if you allow it to stay, it's going to stay. Yeah, that's right. It's going to stay. If you allow it to stay, it's going to stay. We've got to get to the point where we are seeking so hard after God and so hard after these healing, after this healing that you need, that you are in the scriptures as much as necessary and learning everything necessary so that you can overcome the works of the enemy. And some battles are real quick and easy. Some battles are be healed, boom, healed, done. Some battles are shut up and get out and you're done and everything's wonderful. And some battles are you're on your knees and you're praying and you're believing God and you're speaking life and you're not seeing change and you're speaking life and you're not seeing change 
and you're speaking life and you're not seeing change and you got to go back and study and you got to stay in the word and you got to renew your mind and you got to speak life and you got to renew your mind and you got to speak life and you got to renew your mind but you know what if you don't give up you will win okay if you give up and i'm not saying that you don't have a right to give up i've walked with people who have given up and they're in heaven now and that's I, I don't think bad of them at all. I Amen. have no idea what it's like to be in their shoes. Amen. And if they want to give up, that is their, that's between them and God. And, Amen. you know, if they're Christians, they're going into glory. And I don't judge Amen. them at all. But I know of a surety, mm -hmm. if you will not quit, you will win every single time. Amen. The only way you can lose when it comes to healing is to give up. True. That's the only way you can lose is to just give up and say, ah, it's not working. It's not gonna work for me. That's the only way you can lose. That's it. It may take a day, it may take six months, it may take a year. It's God's will to heal you instantly every single time. But it may take some time for you, but the only way you're gonna lose is if you give up. Amen. And if you've started to give up, but you're not giving up today, if you're renewing your commitment to believe in God for healing, you know, God will honor that. And he knew, he knew you were going to not give up, and he'll honor that. And he'll, he'll come alongside you, and he'll fight with you. Amen. Amen. And you'll see the victory if you don't give up. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pursue it. Okay, let me go back to my other notes now that we've established those things. I'll start preaching. <laughs> that was good. Praise God. Okay, so God's will to heal. The greatest barrier to faith, I'm going to read this quote from T.L. Osborne. The greatest barrier to faith of many who are seeking healing in our day is the uncertainty in their minds of it being the will of God to heal all. Nearly everyone knows that God does heal some, but there is much in modern theology that prevents the people from knowing what the Bible clearly teaches, that healing is provided for all. And um, he goes on to say, it is impossible to boldly claim by faith a blessing which we are not sure God offers because the blessing of God can only be claimed where the will of God is known, trusted, and acted upon. Amen. That's T.L. Osborne. So we must come to know without a shadow of a doubt God's will concerning healing and that it is his will to heal every single person, every single time of every sickness and every disease. And that includes you and that includes now and that includes whatever you're suffering from. Amen. It includes your loved ones. It includes your neighbors. It includes your friends. It includes all people for all time and every sickness and every disease. Amen. Amen. So the world will tell you things like everyone gets sick, everyone ages and declines, and who are you to think you're above sickness? Who are you to think you're above being declining, right? And you have to, they're implying that they're not. But the Bible says don't be conformed to this world. Amen. The world has a voice, but we are not to be conformed to this Amen. world, right? And if you notice, if you're if you're watching TV, or if you have watched TV in your life, every so often, sometimes more often than not, there's these commercials that come on, and they have these people just getting everything they ever wanted in the pictures, 
and the words are horrible. They're telling you that you're going to die young and that you have to take this medicine and that you're going to have all these horrible side effects from these medicines that you have to take. And they're doing that so that they'll renew your mind to sickness right. and disease. And what we have to do to combat that is get in the word of God and renew our mind to the word of healing and to what the scriptures actually say about what God's will is concerning healing. And um, I'm going to tell you something that I learned. If you're putting in two hours of worldly voices telling you that you're sick, that you're going to die, that, you know, things are bad. It's not okay. If your environment is set up like that, you've got to really work hard at putting this in. You've got to spend as much time in the Word as you are in the world. And then, if you do that, two hours on the TV, two hours in the Word, you're still only at 50%. That's right. Do you understand that? Like, you've got to get in the Scriptures and exclude the other voices as much as possible. Now, I know that it's not possible to exclude them 100% of the time. We live in a world, we deal with people, they are really sick, they really have symptoms, they're really going through stuff. And I'm not telling you to look at your loved one and say, oh, you're not sick, Jesus healed you. No, that's not what I'm saying. Jesus didn't do that, and we're not going to do that either. Amen. Jesus didn't deny sickness. He denied its ability to stay. Amen. There's a difference. Amen. He didn't ignore sickness. He just denied its ability to stay. Amen. When somebody came to him for healing, he didn't say, oh, you're not blind. That's not what he did. He said, what would you like? And they said that I received my sight. And he didn't say, oh, you're not blind. He said, receive your sight. Yeah. We ought to remember that, okay? Because... A lot of times in the Christian world, and I've seen it more often than not, oh, don't say that. Don't say that word. Don't, don't confess that you have a headache. Don't say that you have the flu. You know, like people are, you're allowed to say what's wrong with you. Amen. You know, you don't want to rehearse it. You don't want to call everybody you know and get all these people to agree with you that you're sick and you're dying. Right? Because we're, when two or more people on the earth agree touching anything, so shall it be established. Do you want your sickness established? Do you want your, the bad report established? No. Call your friends and say, the Lord heals me. I'm healed. I'm overcoming this by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I'm the healed of the Lord. That's my testimony. That's what I'm sticking to. Amen. Well, how do you tell people who really want to know what's wrong with you, what's wrong with you? First of all, find out, is it any of their business? <laughs> Honestly, is it any of their business? Not really? Amen. If it's your spouse, it's your business. Yeah. Okay? If it's your body, it's your business. But is it any of their business what's wrong with you and no. what you're going through? No. no. But our flesh likes to feel comforted. If we're going through something, I don't know why I'm here, but here's where I am. Our flesh likes to feel comforted. If you get a bad report and you go to the one person that you know is going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. That's so bad. Let me, I, let me, can I do anything? Can I take care of you? Can I help you in any way, shape, or form? You know, it's not worth it, you guys. I'm telling you, it's not worth it. Amen. It's not worth it to allow your flesh to feel that little bit of comfort and keep that sickness and disease. Right. So don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. And 
Sometimes when people come to me and say, oh, I have a headache, you know, sometimes the first thing out of my mouth is, did you pray? And sometimes the things that come out of my mouth is, oh, do you really want me to agree with that? Do you really want me to agree that you're sick? Does, is that what you're trying to get? You know, is that where we're going with this? Or do you want me to speak healing and life and what the word of God says over you? Right? I'm only going to speak the word of God over me and my family. Amen. Amen. And hopefully you as well. You know, you're not going to get me to agree with sickness. It's just not going to happen. Amen. So Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That you may prove it. How are you going to prove what is the good will of God, the acceptable will of God, and the perfect will of God? How are you going to prove those things? One way, by renewing your mind and by not being conformed to this world. How are you going to not conform to this world? By being transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed here is the same word that's used uh, metamorphosis to transform a caterpillar into a butterfly. In other words, you may look like a caterpillar now, but if you will renew your mind, you will go through the metamorphosis process and you will come out looking like a butterfly every single time. Every, every caterpillar that goes into a cocoon comes out looking like a butterfly or a moth, right? Moths are beautiful. Some of them are beautiful. They're still creepy, but some of them are beautiful. <laughs> I like butterflies, though. Um, but every caterpillar that goes in and goes through the metamorphosis comes out transformed. And if you will renew your mind, you also will come out transformed. You'll get to a place where you just believe God, where you believe that it is God's will to heal you 100% of the time from 100% of the things that might come up against you. And eventually, you'll get so healed that you're just walking in divine healing. That's right. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Where you can get to a point where 30 years go by and you don't even have the sniffles. No cold, no sickness, not even a headache. Amen. Nothing. People are going to be looking at you like, what is wrong with you? And you'll be saying, nothing's wrong with me. I just believe God. I just transformed by the renewing of my mind, by putting the scriptures in every day over and over and over and refusing to believe things that aren't in the word of God. Now, well-meaning people will tell you a lot of things, but don't believe them. Amen. Just believe the word. Yes. It's easy to conform our thinking to this world because we're raised in it. It's easy to think like the world because we're raised in it. Listen, that's not your fault. That's not your struggle. That's not your doing. You didn't raise yourself, and if you did, you didn't know any better, right? You, you this, we're in a world that has a lot of voices, and they'll tell us a lot of things. So it's easy to conform to the world. All you have to do is close your Bible and do nothing. And then, boom, before long, you're conformed to this world. All you have to do is close your Bible and do nothing. Just turn away from God for a few minutes, and the world is more than happy to help you renew your mind to the world. More than happy to suck you back in. But, boy, if you will stay in the scriptures 
day by day, line upon line, precept upon precept. You'll get the scriptures in. You'll be renewing your mind over and over and over and over again. And you'll come to a point where you just believe God more than you believe anything else. Amen. And when you believe God more than you believe anything or anyone else, that's when the miracles are going to start to be right. really may. I mean, they'll come before then too a little bit. But when you really want to walk in divine health and in divine healing and help all those people around you, if you'll just keep on renewing your mind and renewing your mind, you're going to get there faster than you think. Amen. Amen. Uh, sometime, sometimes people even call the things of God weird or abnormal because they're so conformed to this world. Yes. The things of God do look weird and abnormal to the people who are living in a natural world and their mind is renewed to the world. You know, if somebody were to stand up here and I put my hand on them and I said, be healed, and their whole back is completely healed, the world would say that's abnormal. But you know that's normal in the kingdom of God? Amen. Healing is normal, normal in the kingdom of God. It's abnormal in the world because they don't operate in that. Amen. Sickness and disease is normal in the world. There's, a, there's something called a, a prognosis or a progression of a disease, and here's the final outcome of that disease. And the world knows that right well, like they get it. They see disease and they see it played out, and through experience they can tell you, in my experience, this is what this disease does, this is the prognosis of it. This is the pathology of it. This is what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. And this is where your loved one's going to be at the end of this disease if something, if something doesn't stop the disease. This is your new reality is what they're going to try to tell you. And the world is very good at that. But there's another reality. There's a high reality. The Bible says that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is the pathology of that disease yeah. that leads to death, Amen. right? That's sin and death. It's the law of death. You get this disease, you're going to die in this many months or years or days or whatever it is, then you're going to have a decline and a decline and a decline and a decline. But if you'll renew your mind to the word of God, and if you'll understand that it's always God's will to heal every single person every single time and really understand all this healing stuff, then your pathology is going to be, I might be here and sick, but I'm going to get healthier and healthier and healthier and healthier. I'm going to come up higher. I'm going to see change, physical change in physical bodies so that you're walking in divine health 100% of the time. Amen. And we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. In Isaiah 55, verses 7 through 9, Let's read that. <clears throat> Isaiah 55, verses 7 through 9, it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, and for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts... God is saying, are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as high as the heavens are, are for as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He wants us to come up 
word, his thoughts, his ways. The only way we can do that is through the scriptures and through renewing our mind in the scriptures. The more we get the scripture in, the more we're going to think like God thinks, the more we're going to realize and recognize that sickness and disease have no place in us. And we're going to be able to take and exercise our authority because we're going to know we have the authority, right? Like I would not go out to this intersection and try to be a crossing guard or a stop person with a sign because I have no authority to do that, Amen. right? But if I knew I had authority to do it, if that was my job, I would go and do it. No matter how fast those cars were going, I would know I have authority to go out there and make those people stop. Not because my physical might is enough to make them stop, but because I have authority and I come in the name of the city, in the name of the stop sign, or whoever's giving me that authority, and they will stop or they'll get in trouble, right? There'll be consequences if they don't stop. That's why people stop when there's somebody in the middle of the road at the stop sign, because they have authority, right? When we understand as Christians that we have authority over sickness and disease and over death, then we'll rise up and take our authority. But if you don't know you have authority, how can you take authority? If you don't know it's God's will for somebody to be healed, how can you stand there and use your authority to do something that you think might not be God's will? Maybe it's not God's will to heal this time because everybody, you know, it says in the Bible that, that <clears throat> it's appointed unto man once to die. Have you heard that before? Yeah. It's appointed unto man once to die and this is just how it, yeah, how it goes. It does say that it's appointed unto man once to die. It does say that. But it also, but God never has to partner with sickness to get you to die. Amen. In the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, when the saints died, they got all their family together, they got all their affairs in order, they blessed their whole family, and then they left their body. In the Old Testament, we're in a New Testament Amen. under a new covenant, which is a better covenant with better promises. Amen. God does not have to partner with sickness or disease or tragedy to get you to die. Amen. How do you know it's not God's will for somebody to die? Easy. They died sick. Period. It's not God's will for them to die. Amen. If somebody dies sick, it is not God's will for them to die at that time. That's not their appointed time. Amen. How do you know when the appointed time is? They tell you, hey, I'm going to die today. And then without sickness, without disease, without tragedy, they just leave their body and go home to be with the Lord. And we've seen people in the New Covenant do that. You know, and Moses, he was 120 years old. He climbed a mountain, and it says his eyes were not dim, and his strength wasn't abated. That means Moses wasn't weak. And he could see perfectly well, and he hiked up a mountain, and then he leaned on his staff, and he died. That's what he did. He just leaned on his staff. He's like, okay, I think I'll just go home right here. And then he left. And that's how it is supposed to be for the saints of the Most High God. For every child of God, when we die, we are supposed to just simply step out of our body, just boop. How cool. That's it. We're not supposed to be experiencing sickness or disease. And the truth of it is, if God has to partner with sickness, then God is not God's sickness is. If God has to partner with death, then God is not God death is. 
God has victory over sickness and victory over death. And he never has to partner with sickness or death. He doesn't have to partner with old age. Amen. He doesn't have to partner with dementia or decline Amen. or kidney failure. He doesn't have to partner with any of that. Amen. Your organs don't have to shut down just because you're older. Amen. They don't. In Amen. fact, they should be being renewed day by day Amen. by the scriptures, by the word of God, by the spirit. Amen. Romans 8 says the Holy Spirit's inside of you, quickening to life your mortal Amen. body. Every single day, the Holy Spirit's in there speaking to every cell of every part of your entire body, Amen. healing and health and life, healing and health and life, healing and health and life. And the only way you can experience sickness is if you believe for it. That's true. Do you understand that? Right. Like you, the only way you can get sick is if you start believing for sickness, which is what the world is trying to get you to do. Yeah. That's why they put it on TV. That's why they put it in newspapers. That's why the news talks tragedy, 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 tragedy. Because they want you to believe for sickness. Because if the enemy can get you to believe for sickness, and if he can get you to take sickness, then you take it, and you're believing God. Well, you're believing for sickness, but you say you're believing for healing. But then the doctor tells you the pathology, and you start planning for it. And you're like, you know, I got a plan for this. I got to, you know, got to change my house. I got to change this. got a plan for this pathology because in a month from now, I'm not going to be able to X, Y, Z, whatever it is you're not going to be able to do. You're planning for it. You're taking it. You're receiving it. Yeah. Why don't you reject that? Amen. <clears throat> I'm not saying get in the doctor's face. Please don't do that. They're telling you the natural things. <coughs> They're telling you what they know and what they see according to the natural world. Respect them for that. Amen. They are dealing with natural things, but we know God. We know Amen. the Lord. We can deal with the spiritual things. Amen. Amen. So God wants us to come up higher in our way of thinking. He wants us to do things the right way. That's his way. And he will, and in order to do that, we must renew our minds. Amen. Amen. You know, <clears throat> we need to get to the point where we unsubscribe from the worldly way of thinking Amen. and we yes. subscribe to the Word of God. Amen. You know, whatever whatever doctrines have been built into you, whatever reasons you have for not seeing yourself healed or other people healed, I just want you to hit the unsubscribe button yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> just unsubscribe from that and just say, you know what? Amen. I'm just unsubscribing from that way of thinking. Amen. I'm not going to accept any longer that there's any reason why I can't be healed or that there's any reason that I can't heal other people or that there's any reasons why my loved ones can't be healed. I'm going to unsubscribe from that way of thinking. Amen. Right now, just unsubscribe from that. And then I want you to hit the subscribe button on the Word of God and say, you know what? I'm going to subscribe to the Word of God yeah. that says that I can be healed, that Jesus healed them all, that God's no respecter of persons, that it's God's will for me to be healed, that it's God's will for my loved one to be healed, and I'm just going to subscribe to that way. God Amen. says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways, and we're going to take on his thoughts and we're going to take on his ways. And we're going to see his results. Amen. When we take on God's thoughts and God's ways, we see God's results. Amen. And that's exciting. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Psalm 107.20, speaking of the word, it says, God sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their 
destruction. Jesus Christ is referred to as the Word of God. So let's look. We're going to just establish a little bit more stuff here. Um, I'm excited. I hope that you guys stay with me for the long haul in healing school. We're going to start seeing manifestation of healing very soon if we haven't already. Amen. We're going to see some things that you've never seen before. I want you walking in 100% health. Amen. And I want those around you healed. Amen. Amen. And that's where that's we're going. <clears throat> that's where we're going. Amen. So John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same <clears throat> was in the beginning with God. And so this is referring to Jesus Christ as the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus Christ we're talking about. We see this in verse 14, John chapter 1 and verse 14, which says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, or we saw his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Amen. Amen. He's referred to as the Word. God sent his Word, and it healed us. All of our healing comes through Jesus Christ. By his stripes, we were healed. That's in Isaiah chapter 53. I won't go more on those, um, those scriptures soon. In Revelation 19 and verse 13, it says, And Jesus was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That's just something for just to establish in you so that you understand. Some people say that healing has passed away, that physical healing died with the apostles. People will tell you that. It's not true. Um, we have to rightly divide the Word of God, and if we look in Mark chapter 16, Right now, I'm just kind of answering some very common questions and establishing some truths in you about God's will and about understanding that physical healing is for today and it's for now. Amen. So, uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 14, it says, And afterward, Jesus appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and he abraded them with... <laughs> with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. So Jesus Christ, this is, let's just look at the context here. This is after Jesus Christ went to the cross. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. He came out of the tomb, and he's, he's talking to his disciples and everything, and he appears to them here. This is after that, and he's, he's getting mad. He's upbraiding them. He's he's basically schooling them on their unbelief. He's saying, why aren't you believing? Didn't I tell you this? Isn't this true? Here I am standing in front of you. Believe, right? Let's get this unbelief dealt with. And then Jesus said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, in Jesus' name, they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This is after Jesus Christ went to the cross. And he, and he said, 
them that believe. That's important. He didn't say, and these signs shall follow the holiest of apostles. He didn't say that. Sometimes we have to remember that God wrote the Bible. Amen. <laughs> and if he wanted to say that, he could have said that. He could have said, and these signs will follow the 11 apostles, and after they die, there will be no signs and wonders. But he didn't say that. He Amen. said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. Are you one that believes? Of yeah. course you are. You're a believer. You're a believer. You believe God. That's what we do. We're a believer. We believe, right? So these signs shall follow us. We shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. It's not just me. It's not, it's not just Diana over here. It's actually you also. Yes. John shall lay hands on the sick. Yes. And they Amen. shall recover. Amen. Bob shall lay hands on the sick. Yes. And they shall recover. Ishmael shall lay hands on the yes. sick. And they shall recover. Every one of us Amen. shall lay hands on the sick. Every Amen. believer. Yes. Dennis shall lay hands on the sick. And they yes. shall recover. Amen. They shall recover. Amen. This is the word of God. Amen. This isn't the word of Cindy. This is the word of God. These are the scriptures. And if we look at this and kind of rightly divide this, who's talking? Jesus. Would Jesus ever tell us anything that's not true? No. no. Would he ever mislead us? No. Would he ever give us, like, set us up to look like a fool? No. No, Jesus would never do that. And these are his words. Believers shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I want you to get this in you to the point that nothing else can stand against this. You're a believer. Jesus Christ himself said, Jesus who knows God, this is after he rose from the dead. Yeah. He's already seen death, hell, and the grave. Mm -hmm. He experienced it. He overcame it. Amen. And he said, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. And notice he didn't say, most believers shall lay hands on the sick. And he didn't say, the specially anointed believers shall lay hands on the sick. Remember, he wrote the book. He could have said that. I mean, these are the words of the Christ. Either you believe Jesus or you don't. Jesus himself said, believers, regular, run-of-the-mill, everyday Christians who believe God shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We shall see physical miracles. Physical manifestations Amen. of supernatural power through normal believers, Amen. everyday believers, every single one of us. Jesus is talking about all of us because we believe. We have to go over this because I know there's things in your mind that are saying, but what about, but what about, but this person said, but that person said, but what about this experience, and what about that experience? Well, experience is dependent on circumstances, okay? and your perception of them. But truth is not dependent on circumstances. Amen. Truth is not dependent on your perception of truth. Yeah, right. Truth is dependent on God and God alone. Amen. And truth isn't going to change no matter what your circumstances say, no matter what your experiences are. Truth is still truth, 
And Amen. truth is what we believe. Amen. Amen. We're not going to believe a circumstance over or yeah, a circumstance or an experience over the word of God. Right. We're going to take our circumstances and our experiences and put them in the proper place, which is under our feet. Right? Our proper place for experience and circumstance is under our feet. The only thing that should be operating in us is the truth of the word of God that says it's God's will to heal all people for all time, no matter what they're experiencing, no matter what they go through. It's always God's will to heal every single time, constantly. And Jesus himself said that me, because I'm a believer, I shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Jesus himself said it. And uh, there's nobody else's word that I'm going to agree with over Jesus's. And so nobody can talk me out of it. Amen. Amen. Somebody can come and tell me and say, Cindy, you're not anointed to heal the sick. And I would say, I don't care. Because Jesus said, I don't need a special anointing. I'm a believer. And Jesus Christ himself said that believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I don't need a special anointing. I don't need a special service. I don't need some super duper to come lay hands on me and say, now you can heal the sick. Now those things are real, and I'm not talking against them, but I'm just saying, according to the words of Jesus, I don't need that to happen before I go lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover because I'm a believer. And that's the same with you. You don't need me to lay hands on you so that you can finally go lay hands on the sick. Just go out and lay hands on the sick if you're a believer. If you're born again, you're a believer. Amen. You can do this. Bill Johnson has a good quote that I love, and he says, I will not sacrifice my knowledge of the goodness of God on the altar of human, human reasoning so I can have an explanation for a seemingly unanswered prayer. I'm going to read that one more time. He says, I will not sacrifice my knowledge of the goodness of God on the altar of human reasoning so that I can have an explanation for a seemingly unanswered prayer. This is where bad doctrine always comes in. Because you believe God, you believe God, you believe God, or at least you think you are, and you don't see a loved one healed or a friend healed, or somebody brings you a story of somebody who said they were in faith and they died, and you start making reasons and excuses why they didn't get healed. And when you're doing that, you're sacrificing your knowledge of the goodness of God on the altar of human reasoning. Amen. You want a reason why it didn't work. You've got to put that away. Amen. You've got to let go of that. Amen. You know, um, you have to let go of that Amen. because, let me see if that's on my next page before I say that. Well, I don't know where it is, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> Often times, it's none of your business. True, true. It's not your business. You know, we, when my grandmother passed away, she was one of the people who I knew was in faith. This was years and years ago. She used to, she loves Jesus so much. Oh my gosh, she would wear makeup to bed just in case she died in her sleep. She wants to look good when she meets Jesus. That was my grandmother, always. Jesus, 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 all the time, all the time. Well, 
she died sick. And uh, she was in a hospice, and the, per the person came in, the priest came in to read her her last rites or whatever they're doing, and she yelled at him. She said, get out! I got four or five more years left. You get out! I believe in God. I'm going to be healed. And you know, two weeks later, within two weeks, she passed away. And I said to the Lord, why? And you know, it took a long time for me to hear the answer. It really did. I believe he answered me the second I asked. But over the course of about a year and a half or two years, the Lord told me that he came to heal her. And she saw Jesus. And she looked at him. And she looked back at her life. She was an elderly woman. She was living in an apartment all alone. Not very many people came to visit her. Most of the family was out of state. And she just saw Jesus, saw that apartment, and said, I'm out of here. She chose to go in that moment. And, uh, you know, I believe that. That's what the Lord showed me. That's what the Lord revealed to me. But, but more often than not, it's none of our business why somebody leaves when they leave. It's just not our business. And we just have to agree that we don't know everything, but just because we don't know something doesn't change the truth of the word of God. Just because what we see, you know, the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 13, 9, that we know in part and we prophesy in part, but we don't know the whole thing. Just because we don't see something working, we've got we've to come to the point where we can say, I don't know the answer to that. And the truth is, without a direct word from God, you don't know the answer to it. Amen. If the Lord hadn't answered me regarding my grandmother, I would never know. Amen. I would never understand. There's, I mean, I could make up a reason. I could say, well, it's because she smoked. <laughs> is it? No, that's not why. It's because, you know, she didn't have her picture of Jesus that she looked at every day. I could make up that. I could make a whole doctrine about it yeah. and hand out pictures of Jesus to everyone and say, make sure you look at this picture every single day so you don't die early. Mm -hmm. And you know, the sad thing is that's what a lot of pastors and preachers have done over the years. Yeah. And that's why we have all these crazy things that tell us why healing isn't for today or why healing doesn't work or why tongues aren't for today or why you didn't receive the Holy Spirit when you were prayed for, when you actually did receive the Holy Spirit when you were prayed for. But people will tell you because they don't see what they want to see. Well, you know what? I have news for those people. Just tell them. You know in part. You don't know it all. No. You don't know. Amen. Just tell them. You know what? I know. I know what I know. I know I'm healed. I know I've received the word. I know I've received the Holy Spirit. You, you got to me too late. I already know. Amen. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I know it's God's will. And you got to be okay to say you don't know too. You got to say, you know what? Amen. I don't know what happened over here. I don't understand why this experience happened. But I'm not going to change my knowledge of the goodness of God to make it line up with that That's experience. Right. Amen. I'm just going to agree that I don't know everything, but I do know that God is good, and I do know that his word is true, Amen. and I do know that every single person, every single time, it's always God's will to heal them. Amen. So whether that was my fault or whether it was their fault, I don't know. But what I do know is it wasn't God's fault. Amen. Right? And when we take that mentality and we come to that place, we really open up our hearts to faith in God. We really open up our hearts to the truth. And we'll get better answers from God. We'll hear them more clearly if we'll just never blame God for somebody Amen. passing away. Amen. When I was young, I was 17 years old, 
and my, my boyfriend slash fiance at the time, he passed away of natural causes. And because they were natural causes, everyone told me the same thing. Oh, God needed another angel. Oh, God is sparing him from something that's to come. You know, God in his mercy is taking him out before, you know, he experiences something tragic in life. And all, oh, it was just his time to go. And, you know, I believed that for a long time until I started understanding the word of God and understanding the goodness of God and understanding the scriptures. And eventually I had to deal with that. And I had to come to a point where I said, you know what? God, you didn't take him. That wasn't your will. That you, it wasn't your fault. It was either his fault or my fault or someone else's fault, but it wasn't your fault. And you know, the moment I did that, those scriptures opened up even more. And there's probably some circumstances in your life, family members, loved ones, who maybe they're sick now, maybe they're already in heaven, and you're just, you know, beside yourself thinking, you know, if you're telling me it's God's will to heal all people for all time, and it's not God's will for my loved one to die, you know, that'll make you mad. Why did they die if it wasn't God's will? Well, I don't know that answer. Maybe it's their fault. Maybe it's your fault. Maybe it's something else. I don't know that answer. And you don't either. No. But we're not going to say that it was God's fault. Amen. We're not going to do that. We're not going to beat ourselves up if it was our fault. Amen. Amen. That's important. We're not going to take that on. We're not the Savior. No. You're just a child of God. Amen. There's a reason we're called child of God instead of mature adult of God. Right? Amen. We're children of God. That Amen. means we're children. And I wouldn't hold a five-year-old responsible if they shot somebody and didn't know any better, and neither would you. Amen. And neither would the law. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because they're a child. And they don't know better. Mm -hmm. And so you can't hold yourself responsible even if you're not holding God responsible. And I know that in the flesh we like to blame people. We like to say this happened because of that and it's their fault. Therefore, I'm mad at this or that or that person. We like that. Our flesh loves that. But we've got to come to a point where we say, you know what? I don't care whose fault it was. I know it wasn't God's fault. And that's what I know. And I'm going to study the scripture, and I'm going to learn the scripture, and I'm never going to compromise God's will in a situation. Now, could this man could have lived when I was 17 if I knew the scriptures like I know them now? Possibly. Could my grandmother live her extra four years if I knew the scriptures like I know them now? Probably. But am I going to feel bad about it? I'm not even going to miss a wink of sleep about it. Amen. You know why? Because we know in part. And as long as I'm going in the right direction, I'm good. Amen. As long as I'm going in the right direction, seeking after God, seeking after his word, renewing my mind, I'm good. I'm not going to take on the responsibility for those things. And you shouldn't either. Amen? Amen. 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 So God's will in healing in the Old Testament in Exodus 15:26, God reveals himself as the healer. In um, Exodus 23, 25, and 26, he says, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall, be, there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in the land, and the number of thy days I will fulfill. That's in the Old Covenant, in Exodus chapter 23, verses 25 and 26. The Old Covenant. And now we have a better covenant with better promises. Amen. 
Amen. We are under a better covenant with better promises. Sickness is not greater than or better than health. Amen. 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 So I have um, I have a little bit more on God's will to heal, heal, and then I have um, going into the hear and be healed uh, teachings, which are very very powerful. And I'd like to just finish up God's will to heal today if I can. So it'll just be a little bit longer. If you guys need to stand up and stretch, you certainly can. Please don't feel like it's rude if you have to use the bathroom. Please go use the bathroom. <laughs> don't feel like it's rude. You're not bothering me a bit. But I want to um, I want to just touch on this for a minute. It says, the question is, why are not all healed? Okay? No matter what I say, you'll find yourself. Like if I tell you there are seven reasons why people aren't healed, no matter what those reasons are, you're going to find yourself in those reasons. And that's because the carnal mind likes to do that, okay? The flesh likes to do that. We like to make excuses for why healing doesn't work 100% of the time. It's comforting to say, well, you know, it's because of this, so it's out of our hands. It's comforting to do that. But that's not the truth of the Word of God. Amen. We absolutely have to use scriptures to answer these questions of why are not all healed. And uh, when we use scriptures... To answer those questions, we find that Jesus healed them all. But there's no higher truth than the Word of God. And the answers from the Word will bring us into a confident trust and an unshakable peace in God. Amen. When, we, when we use the Scriptures as the highest truth, we'll have a confident trust and an unshakable peace in God and in His will. So I gave you the short answer last week. And the short answer to why are not all healed is that we have free will and that life and death are in the, in the power of your tongue, Amen. okay? Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, you can just abbreviate it, D-E-U-T. Deut 30, verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before thee life and death, blessing and cursing. Um, therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. In other words, we have a choice here. God has set before us death and life. We have the, op the opportunity and the ability to choose blessing and cursing. And God says, therefore, hey, just in case you don't know which one to choose, yeah. choose life. Amen. And there's a reason for him telling us to choose life so that both us and our seed or our children can live. Amen. Amen. And in John 3.16, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on Jesus Christ should not perish but have everlasting life. And John 3.17 says that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but so that those that believe on him could be saved. Right? Amen? In John 3.18, if you can just go to 3.18. It says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we can understand here that it's not God's will 
Right? Like, if it is God's will for everyone to be saved, he'd send his son, and he did. But there's people that have a choice, and we know that some people believe on Jesus, but some people don't, okay? Let's look over at 2 Peter 3.9. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is not slack. He's not waiting around. He, he doesn't want anyone to perish. Amen. He wants everyone to be saved. And we see that God sent Jesus to save every single person. In fact, Christ died for the sins of the whole Amen. world. There's not a person in hell for committing a sin except that they don't believe on Jesus. Amen. That means murderers are not going to hell for murder. I know I'm going to mess with your doctrine. Murderers are not going to hell for murder. Murderers are going to hell because they don't believe on Jesus. Murderers are going to heaven because they do believe on Jesus. Child predators are not in hell for molesting a child even though you and I think they should be. And that's not why they're there. They're in hell for not believing on Jesus. And child predators are in heaven because they believe on Jesus. And you know, people aren't getting to heaven for good works. No. People who tithe into the church and show up every Sunday are not getting to heaven because they tithe and they show up every Sunday. No. They're getting to heaven because they believe on Jesus. Amen. And if they tithe every Sunday, and they show up to church every Sunday, and they don't believe on Jesus, they're in hell. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you, you don't want to be the best sinner in hell. Amen. You want to be saved. Amen. And we see that there's an absolute black and white line there. Amen. You're either saved and going to heaven, no matter what you've done, no matter what, and regardless of your behavior, or you're not saved and you're going to hell regardless of your behavior. Amen. And we see in 2 Peter 3.9, it's not God's will that anyone should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Christ. Amen. And yet there are people in hell. Mm -hmm. So therefore, in healing, when we see that it's 100% God's will to heal 100% of the people 100% of the time, just because it's God's will doesn't mean it falls on you. We have to do something to be saved, and in order to be saved, we have to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess that with our mouth, amen? And to be healed, we have to believe it in our heart and confess it with our mouth. It's the same. Amen. It'll work every time. We must settle God's will that it is healing and that it is for me. In Psalm 119, that's 119, verse 89, Psalm 119, verse 89, it says this, Your word, O Lord, is everlasting. It is firmly fixed in the heavens. I want to ask you a question this morning. Is his word that is firmly fixed in the heavens, is it firmly fixed in you? It's firmly fixed in the heavens that you are healed, that by his stripes you were healed, 
that healing is for all people for all time, that Jesus heals every person of every manner of sickness and every disease. It's firmly fixed in the heavens. Some translations say it's forever settled in heaven. That means there's no argument about God's will concerning healing in heaven. God is not in heaven going case by case, deciding if you're worthy or not to be healed. It's already a yes. It's always a yes. It's already a yes. It will always be a yes. The problem is, is it firmly fixed in you? You've got to allow the word of healing to be firmly fixed in you that no matter what anyone else says, you know it's God's will to heal you and for you to lay hands on the sick. And that no matter what anyone else, even if your own body turns against you and starts telling you that it's sick and that you have pains, you've got to say, God's word is firmly fixed in me and I am healed because God said so. I realize there's a symptom, but symptom, you can't stay. That's right. I'm not denying that you're here, but I'm denying your right to stay. Amen. Symptoms and root cause of disease leave in Jesus' name. Right now, get out. God's word is firmly fixed in me. It's firmly settled in heaven. It's firmly fixed in me. Amen. So I will tell you this. Jesus Christ himself did give two reasons why people weren't healed. Two reasons, only two. And they're both really, really related. And the first one was found in Matthew when the disciples were trying to heal this boy, cast out a demon, and Jesus came along, and they couldn't. And Jesus came along, and the disciples said, Jesus, why can we not cast out this demon? Like they were legitimately surprised that the demon didn't leave. In other words, they did believe at least somewhat or they wouldn't have tried to cast out the demon and they were legitimately surprised that it didn't work. So they weren't sitting around saying, I'm not sure if this is gonna work or not, but this boy was foaming at the mouth and it was very visual, right? right. And it had been a long time. And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Mm-hmm. In other words, and then he said, this kind of unbelief only comes out through prayer and fasting. In other words, there are things that you can do to limit the unbelief, yeah. this natural unbelief. It's a natural unbelief because what they saw with their eyes didn't line up with the word of God. It was a big scene. The voice like foaming at the mouth and everything. And like, it was too much for them to overcome because they saw it. Right, And they didn't see the word as much as they should have. When Jesus came, Jesus had no problem casting out the demon. Because Jesus didn't have that natural unbelief. Because Jesus went apart to pray almost every single night. You find Jesus on a mountain praying to God. Every night he goes away and he prays. And then he comes back and does the whole day preaching. And then in the night he goes away and he prays. Right? And sometimes, you know, this kind of natural unbelief only comes out through fasting and prayer. And then the other one is found in Mark chapter 7 and verse 13. And let's read that because, and you might find yourself here, but you won't stay there for long, I promise you. Mark chapter 7. I'm going to read you from verse 9 to 13. And Jesus said unto him, Full well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. 
For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and whosoever curses his father or mother, let him die the death. But you say, If a man says to his father or mother, It is Corbin, that is to say, a gift, by whom or by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. I'm going to explain that in a minute. And you suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. Verse 13, making the word of God of none effect through your traditions of man, which you have delivered, and many such things like ye do. So what this verse is saying, I'm going to explain the tradition right here. Honor your father and mother. So there were people that when their parents got older, they were supposed to honor their father and mother and take care of them financially. But the Pharisees were getting out of doing that by saying, oh, this money that I would use to take care of my parents is actually a gift for the church. So now you can't bug me about taking care of my parents anymore because I set aside money, aside this money for the church. And Jesus said, full well, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Jesus said, you know you're just trying to get out of taking care of your father and mother because you're saying that your resources are set aside for the church when you really need to take care of your father and your mother. And you know you're doing it. And because you're doing that, you're making the word of God of no effect by your traditions and many other things. And you deliver these traditions to man who doesn't know any better, and you're teaching traditions and traditions and traditions. And we have all kinds of traditions in the church today. And really what it comes down to is unbelief, honestly. We have all kinds of traditions in the church today that say, you know what, you have to go through these seven steps before you're healed. You've got you've to pray only this way. You have to dot every I and cross every T. And you have to pray in tongues for four hours, and then you have to do two cartwheels, three push-ups, two chin-ups, and a skip-hop, and wiggle your nose like a bunny, and then you can be healed. And that's what the church does. Wow, that's sad. It is sad, because people are dying, because people are perpetuating these traditions of man. Jesus, healing is Jesus plus nothing. Amen. Healing is by grace every single time. Receiving healing is by grace. Ministering healing is by grace. You're never going to have a healing that didn't come by grace. It's by Jesus plus nothing. It's not Jesus plus your good works. Now, we we may need somebody in a children's ministry, but you're not going to get healed because you're in children's ministry. You're going to get healed because of Jesus. You know, in fact, I know somebody who... Um, was believing God for healing, and thank God they're still alive today, but uh, one of the reasons that they said that God should heal them is because they spent 20 years volunteering in the children's ministry. And that was the reason why God should heal them. And I said, no, God doesn't owe you anything. And you know they got mad. (laughs) You know they got mad. Because they feel like God owes them something because they did that. But it's true. The word of God, God doesn't owe you anything. You get healed because he already provided it for you. He doesn't owe it to you because he already gave it to you. It's already yours. Healing is already yours. You don't have to qualify yourself or disqualify yourself based on your service or your tithing or your behavior or whatever. You don't have to do that. 
God's not in heaven deciding whether or not you'd be healed based on did you read your word today? Did you jump through the hoops today? Did you wiggle your nose like a bunny rabbit today? Fine, I can release healing to you. But you didn't, I won't release healing to you. God's not doing that. His word yeah. is forever settled in heaven. It's always yes, all the time, 100%. God's not withholding anything. The scriptures actually say, he who did not spare his own son, how will he not now with him freely give you all things? Amen. God wants to freely give you healing. He's already provided it for you. He's not changing his mind. He's not changing his mind, and he's not making you jump through hoops Amen. in order to receive it. And so next week, we're going to talk about the I know factor, and we're going to start in here and be healed, and we're going to just see some of that. And then we're going to start, um, I believe after that, we're going to start popping apart the miracles of Jesus and just looking at basically the anatomy of a miracle. What is a miracle? How does a miracle happen? And going through all of the miracles that Jesus did, and then we'll see where we go from there. But we are going to be uh, getting rid of a lot of sacred cows as well. Um, there will be a time when we talk about generational curses. If you are a person who believes strongly in generational curses, I want to redirect you to the Old Testament in Ezekiel chapter 18. And if you can find for me in Ezekiel chapter 18 how generational curses are a thing, then I will sit down and have a Bible study with you because Ezekiel 18 in the Old Testament literally does away with general cur generational curses in the Old Testament. And if they're done away in the Old Testament, yeah. they're certainly not standing in the New. Amen. They're certainly not standing in the new. So if you, if uh, this probably won't be next week, but it will be, we will talk about it and we will prove that generational curses are not a thing because they're not a thing and you got to stop believing them because they don't have any power. Amen. If you're believing for it, you can literally believe for sickness, but generational curses are not a thing. God did away with them in Ezekiel chapter 18 in the Old Testament. And if he did away with it in the Old Testament, He's certainly not bringing it back in the new. Amen. Amen. We're under a better covenant with better promises. Amen. Amen. In fact, I believe that generational curses were just a big misunderstanding. Amen. But regardless of that, they were done away with in <coughs> chapter 18. So um, we're going to have uh, Denise and Karen. Can you guys just stand up here? Just one here and one on this side will be good. And uh, Judy Adams, are you ready to pray with people today too? You come and stand up here by me. And uh, yeah, you come over here, Karen, and Denise will be over here. If you need prayer for anything, if you have any physical pain in your body, or um, you need, you're believing God for healing and you want to receive something today, please come see Denise or Karen or Judy. Um, and if you have any questions, please write them down. And when you're studying this week, write down the questions. And um, hopefully we'll, if you remind me, we'll take questions Next week, before we get into the teaching, we'll do question and answer. But you've got to remind me. Write down your questions. Remind me. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you I don't know. And you have to be okay with that. If you're not okay with the answer, I don't know. Don't ask me a question. Because if I don't know the answer, I'm not going to make one up for you. Amen? I'm just going to tell you I don't know. And uh, we'll look, though, and we'll research and we'll find the answer for you. But if you don't know, if I don't know, I don't know. But please write down your questions. I want to get them all answered because I think that uh, once we get all your questions answered, 
then you're going to be in a place where, um, Judy, just come over by me. Yeah, just right here is good. Just turn around and face them. Perfect, right there. So once we, once you, um, this is a woman of faith right here. Amen. I've heard some, I've heard some stories from her life. Man, they are powerful, powerful stories. She knows God. She believes God. Amen. Amen. So if you need healing, you've got to come to one of these women. I know that you'll receive it. God said you'll receive it and you'll get healed. They're here for you week after week to believe God with you. Whether you see a big change or a little change, come and talk to them. Tell them what's going on. Tell them about the healing that's happening. Give your praise reports to them. I can't hear everybody. Um, hopefully I will and they'll communicate with me. And uh, we'll talk over time. You know, the more you're here, the more I'll talk to you, the more I'll get to know you too. But these are the three people that are going to be standing with you week after week after week, standing in faith, standing in agreement. If you tell them what to pray for, man, they'll go home and they'll pray for you. Amen. I might forget. I want to forget, but I might forget. But these girls will not forget, and they will pray for you week after week after week. Amen. So if you need prayer, please come up and see them, and uh, we'll stand and we'll close in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word concerning healing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you never change. Thank you, God, for helping us to undo the work of the enemy. Thank you for helping us let go of all these traditions and this unbelief and these, these things that we thought or these experiences or circumstances that we've had. Thank you for helping us to put them in their proper place under our feet. Thank you for helping us believe you. And we ask you, Lord, to continue to strengthen us in the word of healing so that we can receive more and more and so that we can lay hands on the sick and see them recover week after week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.